Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick. Graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M of This Week in Marvel, and you're listening to The Marvelists with Peter Melnick and Eddie Wilson. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And before we get into the introduction of our special guest co-host for this episode, in this very Marvel... Us. Not ist, but us. us. Yes, yes. You and me, us. But this wonderful location that we're at... New York. New York City. Well, we want to tell y'all at home how you can get a hold of us on social media. First off, go on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at... The Marvelists. Give us a follow-ski, a like-ski, and a share-ski, and a whatever-ski on there. Give us a follow individually. Myself, at Peter Melnick Podcaster on Facebook, at Peter Melnick on Twitter and Instagram, and yourself... On Instagram at Eddie9193. And also, you can listen to us on a wide variety of streaming and downloadable platforms, including iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Pod, Bean... SoundCloud, Spotify, all of them. Did I say SoundCloud twice? I probably did. It's nice. Twice twice is nice. So nice. So nice. But you can listen to us on all of those, and they're available for all iOS and Android devices. But on the topic of Stitcher, Eddie. Yes, sir. WolverinePodcast.com. Use the promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And get one free month of Stitcher Premium. And for only $4.99 a month afterwards, after that free month is over, you get Stitcher Premium. And I'm liking it. I'm enjoying listening to all that stuff on there. Just do it. So, yeah. As we saw something earlier on the ride down. Exactly. But you can cancel at any time. So once again, promo code at checkout. Marvelists. And it's WolverinePodcast.com. You get to listen to Wolverine the Long Night and Wolverine. The Lost Trail. Because I like when you do that one by yourself. It's so nice. Thank you. The follow-up. Exactly. It's serialized. It's funny that we're side by side instead of uh, not opposite each other. So we have to look over to our left, to our right. It's true. We're having a meeting. We are. It's a conference table and everything. Mahogany. And there's a Ryan Panagos right across from us. Hi. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Pretty good. It was an interesting ride getting here, but we got here. We and here is the Marvel offices. Yes, it is. And we're making ours Marvel right now. And yeah. Absolutely. And I was going to go to the figures that are on the table on the side before Ryan actually. So excuse me for well, being enamored by the uh, life's, well, halfway to life size. Well, we're in our Defenders Conference room here at Marvel HQ, so... You know, we got to adorn our rooms properly, and you got to have these this version of the Defenders in here. Yeah, smaller and larger size of <laughs> several Defender-type character figures, yeah. I'm actually curious. What is your favorite version of the Defenders other than the Netflix series, like favorite lineup? Um, I like when they get weird. I like Cloud. I think Cloud is a fascinating character. Uh, he, she, it, they uh, is, is really interesting. The later stuff... But um, yeah, when Demadius is like going, it's a lot of fun. I, in my opinion, Demadius is one of the best Marvel writers and honestly best distinguished competition writers because his work on Justice League, I feel we would not have had the Avengers the way we have them now in the movies without that run of Justice League. Sure. The, but I mean, that, that's Giffen, Demadius, Maguire. Yes. If you're like I think that it's the three of them together that makes that book so special at that time. Oh yeah. Um, and like Maguire, I 
Oh my God, he's so good. <laughs> Absolutely, and I I know uh, Fabian Nicieza has like a print available of uh, Deadpool as Uncle Sam, and it says "I want you," and it's like a blank word bubble that Fabian customizes, and it's Maguire's art, and it's gorgeous, tremendous. Well, I didn't even know about that, so I guess it's yeah. a it's kind of a rarity. I hosted a panel with Fabian at East Coast Comic Con 2017, and. It was great saying five words during that panel, by the way, but with... <laughs> Welcome to uh, either talking to Rob or Fabian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like his was, I want you to stop interrogating this Fabian guy. Stop asking him so many questions. Jeez. What is he there for then? What the heck? <laughs> I was going to start off by asking Ryan, so how'd you get here? Give, give us your backstory. Sure. Uh, was so it Uber? Degree in journalism. Um, got that at SUNY Purchase, which is in Westchester. Mm-hmm. And um, I had been reading Wizard Magazine... Since I was, I, I remember distinctly reading issue number eight of Wizard, buying that one. It had Bishop on the cover. I loved Bishop. He had the the Wizard robe on. I was like hooked into the magazine at that point. So I was a faithful reader. So getting my degree in journalism, I figured out you know where they were based. It was pretty close, and I reached out and um, saw that they were hiring an assistant editor for Toy Fair magazine, which was a sister magazine to Wizard. And so I applied right. Before I left my housing, this was 2001, I believe, Um, 2001 or 2002, uh, I applied for the job as assistant editor at Toy Fair, Uh, got a call back in May of that year, and uh, it was a guy named Justin Acklin who said, hey, you applied for this position as assistant editor at Toy Fair, Uh, I got the job, sorry, but I need writers. And so would you like to do some freelance writing for Toy Fair magazine, which was heartbreaking, but also like, okay, this is a foot in the door. This is what I needed. What I found out later was that Matthew Seinrich, uh, who is one of the co-creators of Robot Chicken, uh, Stupid Buddy, that production company, was the one who told Justin to make that call. Matt and I have been friends for years. I didn't know that until about Mm. three years ago, which made me very, very happy. Um, So anyway, I started writing freelance and... You know, I'm a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a terrible writer. Uh, but they helped me. They pushed me along. And I was writing about, like, military toys for Toy Fair magazine and calling Hong Kong and, and all kinds of wild stuff. Uh, that progressed for about a year. I was working at Blockbuster and, and doing freelance writing for them and a couple other places. Uh, and eventually they had positions. And they told me, like, hey, you should apply for, um, I think it was a research assistant position that covered Wizard, Toy Fair, Inquest, and Anime Whatever Inquest. their anime magazine was at the time. Inquest is a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, so wow. that, that is the the gaming ma- the like tabletop gaming magazine that they ran, and uh, so I I went in. I was like, I'm I'm ready to go. I lived in Brooklyn at the time, and uh, so I I go up. I wear my best ill fitting suit and my uh, Eric Larson Venom tie, and it was great. I go and I just am like a deer caught in headlights, flop sweat. <laughs> uh, like we're sitting in a conference. It was similar to this sitting in a conference room. There were framed uh, issues of wizard on the walls. And so like, they're like trying to get me to answer well and, and show that I have something. And uh, they, you know, what did you start reading wizards? Like Bishop uh, <laughs> number eight. You're, you're stuck staring at these issues yeah. on the wall. And, I, and, and it was terrible. <laughs> Mercifully, they end the interview and this is, summer i guess of 2003 um yeah i think it was 2003 uh regardless they end the interview i go out to my car 
I'd left the lights on in my car. Oh, no. Have to go in back. The managing editor, Joe Yanarella, has to come out after having basically murdered me <sighs> with a standard interview, but I'm a baby and I don't know what's going on. He then jump starts my car and I'm like, well, that was great. End of that career. Uh, <laughs> luckily, I'm still freelance writing. A couple months later, they call me in for a different job interview to do the price guide, price guide assistant um, at the time. And I like having that one disastrous interview was great. Uh, I wish it wasn't with wizard, but it all worked out, came back, crushed it, got hired to be the price guide assistant within a month, became the price guide editor. And then from there sort of like wanted to do more. And I'm, I'm an industrious young man at the time. And so I say, all right, I want to, I love video games. Let me help with the video games. I love indie comics. Let me help with the indie comics. And over time, I build up more sections that I'm working on. Uh, and they it must have been like 2005 or so made me the Marvel contact. And at the time, think of it as a beat reporter. And so we had someone who worked closely with DC, someone with Marvel, someone with Image, Dark Horse, et cetera. There was a Hollywood guy, hmm. all these different things. And so you liaise with someone at those companies to talk about things you get yelled at you get you know you you make deals all kinds of stuff it's not journalism uh because you're, you're you know it's not like you're report hardcore reporting it's you're working it out you know it's entertainment stuff but it's fun i made great relationships with marvel at that time i actually got to go to the creative retreats um so i remember when we marvel was planning like civil war and secret invasion and being in the room and hearing about stuff and like there's stuff that was talked about that I was there for that never came to fruition, which has always been in my mind like, man, that would have been really cool. Uh, but in the summer of 2006, I was visiting Marvel doing – they would basically let me loose in the office. And I walk around, go to each editor's office and take notes and talk to them. Hey, well, what are you working on? What's cool? What should we put in the magazine? And I'm walking around. And one of the uh, vice presidents, a guy named John Dokes, uh, says, hey, Ryan, what are you doing? Come in here. Go in there. Sit down. I'm wearing a, a, a T-shirt for a metal band called Most Precious Blood. I've got uh, camouflage cargo shorts on. You know, I'm like I'm comfortable, but I'm not professional. Mm -hmm. uh, he sits me down. We start talking about life, about career and all this other stuff. Eventually, it just it like keeps going on. This conversation. He's like, let me bring somebody else in here. And he brings in a guy named Pete. Blah, blah, blah. And it, I'm like, oh, this is a job interview. They've just, you know, ambushed me with this, which is fine. I know all these people. This is great. And um, then they, you know, in September of 2006, they offered me the job to be um, associate editor for Marvel.com. I bargained an extra $2,000 out of them. Uh, you know, I, I made it work for me. And uh, that, that was it. Then I, I started at Marvel then as the sixth person hired on the digital media team. At the time, I have to ask wow. because I'm a wrestling fan. I notice there's a lot more wrestling content every once in a while in the Marvel.com stuff. That's you, isn't it? I, it yeah, it started yeah. with me. Yeah, it's I love wrestling, and so many of the boys are and, and girls. They're all wrestling. Like the the crossover between wrestling and comics is so huge. It's continuous, ongoing storytelling with heroes and villains, and you know betrayals and teams and costume like. It's the same thing. It's just a different format, a different type of way to tell that story. When you really think about it, Mick Foley is like a happy Mark Spector. <laughs> so <laughs> he kind of is. But like, I remember I, I discovered the connection of you with wrestling because I remember seeing Johnny Gargano ended up showing mm -hmm. up here, Mr. Uh, or Johnny Wrestling. So yeah. I'm like, wow. 
Okay, he's one of my people too. I like this. This yeah. is cool. Yeah, Johnny and Candace, they're they're amazing. Um, yeah, I think the oldest thing I got to do was back when I was at Wizard. Um, we I like interviewed the Dudley Boys and um, Christopher Daniels. Like I loved one of his characters, um, uh, you know, Curry Man back in the day, which is basically like a superhero. And uh, with a plate uh, of curry on his head, yeah, and a dance and great moves and stuff. But I was like, I'm so geeked out of his great picture of me, babyface me, with Christopher Daniels and Brian Michael Bendis in like 2005 or six, just being like, Bendis and Bendis doesn't know who Chris is because he's not a wrestling fan. Chris knows who Brian is, and it's just the most wonderful thing. One of my, I've noticed also there's a lot of wrestling connections in the Marvel comics too. Like as recently as the uh, Black Panther versus Deadpool storyline, you see a Bullet Club shirt just hidden in one of the panels, and I'm like. All right, Ortiz is a wrestling fan. I, I dig it. I, I love dig that. it. Yeah. And it's funny too because there is like such a massive connection of wrestling and Marvel, especially. And, you know, we had Rob Van Dam on the show, and it led to my favorite moment right before the interview where Eddie goes, Yeah, I don't know anything about wrestling. I'm probably going to do a terrible <laughs> job on this interview. 20 minutes later, prowrestlingsheet.com is uh, using us as a news source for something he asked about. I'm like, <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. That's the way it goes. It's just an odd, th- yeah, it's a very odd thing and not being connected to wrestling. Almost completely, except for in the 80s, my, my younger brother was a, a fan, so I know some names back in that time period. And I think NWA was just becoming a new thing. Yeah. Or whatever. In, or um, extreme wrestling, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. In, when we had our 75th anniversary, this year we're celebrating our 80th, when we had our 75th, I commissioned uh, David Shoemaker, who's a host of a very popular wrestling podcast called The Mass Man Show. Um, I commissioned David to do like a deep dive on the 90s WCW comics that we put out because they're terrible. (laughs) They're just so fun to read, but they're wild. Do you remember the issue where Sting is like being controlled by the green skull guy? Oh, gosh. And my favorite moment of all of that is the kid goes, Stinger, you like chocolate cake? No, I hate chocolate cake. (laughs) After he looks at the green skull guy, what? What is happening? They're so bad, but they're so beautiful for that. Yeah, it's fun to have. Somebody said that apparently there was like a 90s WCW comic in the late 90s in like the Kevin Nash era. Here? Yeah. Like some, like there was supposed to be a toy line in like 99, 2000. Oh, I remember this. So at one point I had Diamond Dallas Page by the office. Uh, he was at the beginning stages of promoting DDP yoga, uh, which is great. Like literally we were walking around the office like, bro. And he stops and he lifts one of his legs and puts it up here. He's like, <laughs> you can do this. I'm like, Dally, I can't do that. It's not going to happen. Uh, but I, I, we were walking around. I introduced him to Bill Roseman, who is the VP and creative executive for Marvel Games right now. Um, but at the time, he was an editor in Marvel Comics, and he's written a bunch of stuff. I mean, everybody knows Bill. But Bill's a huge wrestling fan. And Bill's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he pulls – he had stashed somewhere these, like – model sheets for like toys that they were working on to base comics on and they were like monster versions of diamond dallas page and hulk hogan and nash and all those wrestlers um and in the last building we were in i used to sit in an office and then right outside was jesse falcon jesse is the creator of marvel legends line he Mm -hmm. knows like he's been you know with marvel since toy biz days and so he's worked on he worked on all the toy biz toys that were for all the wrestlers so he had a whole bunch of like cool old school stuff even disco inferno yeah I don't know, disco. <laughs> <laughs> i'm 
where do you go from that part? So well, we want to so, go with disco. We can talk. We can do a music reference. I don't know about that. Usual music reference. Then I would go to Dazzler. How about that? You want to go disco? Please. We can always talk Dazzler. We were doing. We have a, a show that I co-host called Marvel Live. It's on Twitter, and they were wanted to do something. We have a, a costume designer from Saturday Night Live coming on the show, and they were like, "Do you have ideas for costumes for them to talk about?" Dazzler was one of the first ones. It was like. Let's talk about the disco style and like get into that. And then I had a so her colors. original silvery, yeah. glittery, glowy. You prefer type, the yeah. silvery one over the uh, blue? The blue? Yeah. Um, it depends on what mood I'm in. The blue is is a great look, but the disco one is so outrageous yeah. and so. Why are they doing it now? You know, like it's five years <laughs> it's, too late. It's throwback. Great. It's retro, and she's got sort of a mask thing with while painting on her face. Yeah. I think the paint is a cool look to it yeah. too, yeah. especially. She's great. I, I love Daz. My biggest regret was I saw a uh, Dazzler Marvel Legends figure. I'll get it next time. Gone. Gone. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. No roller skates after the disco nope, one. The blue is just that's a that's a leotard. That's a that's a eighties. Let's get physical. Olivia Newton John <laughs> thing. I guess 1980 has arrived or so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that no, that's I've seen that once in a while on a cosplayer, either or, and been like, oh yeah, you know, the ones that you don't see that often, and that's kind of cool. I think. Yeah. Wait, but the way it's it's pervaded the. Uh, population where almost wherever you go any shows even coming here and not knowing that here in the borough of manhattan that people are out there for photographs for money and that kind of thing and it's just really really everywhere i mean i want to say this empire of comics more so than the other that who boom you see boom yeah the 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 the, the, the one the one we just got finished with that month of right the distinguished competition that you see so many more i think in terms of uh, people who are in these characters and uh, you know that to the degree that you don't see a, a certain character that they're really into that particular individual and that must resonate with with others and you find a common place to, to hang out and just make instant friends, that kind of stuff. I was going to say, though, with what you're doing, you said about the podcast, so this is a straight, regular, I guess, hours as far as work for you and then on your own time, it's the podcast. How does that Break down with your schedule. No, I mean, I, I, I'm lucky enough. I started um, all – well, we, we had a podcast called the Mighty Marvel Podcast, which is uh, was hosted by um, Marvel Comics art director Jeff Sutter. Um, he's still downstairs, but after a while, he was just like, I'm done. Uh, he <laughs> did a bunch of episodes. They were just straight interview episodes, but I was like, we should do a podcast. So I launched This Week in Marvel back in 2008, um, and then I have another show called Marvel's The Pull List. Um, which we've launched a year ago or a year and a half ago. Um, and that's all, I, that's work. It's great. Mm -hmm. I get to talk. I read, I literally read every single Marvel comic that comes out every week. And that's the job. Like this morning on the train to work, I looked around. I was like, I don't think anybody here is a, like a weekly comics reader. Pulled out Powers of 10, number two, which comes out in like a week and a half. And I read it on the subway because I need, I need time to work. Yeah. Um, so reading comics is work. Uh, but it's fun work. And let's be honest. Why are the Chip Zdarsky books your favorite books to read every month? Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, I love all the Chip books. Some of them I love more than others. Uh, but, you know, you give me some Namor and I'm in. It's wild how the guy who is responsible for the imagery and sex criminals has become like one of the <laughs> best damn writers. Eisner winning writers. Yeah. It's fantastic. I know. Yeah. I wish I hope more people check out Invaders, especially as it's hitting Marvel Unlimited now. Uh, I think that book is just terrific his daredevil the issue nine i read things in early so i don't remember what comes out when most of the time mm -hmm. i think daredevil nine is out this week that we're recording 
I think um, so, yeah. And it has a conversation between Reed and Matt about the existence of God, and that's the first three pages. And I would put that down like as some of the three best three pages we put out this year. So good. That's awesome. And when like the funniest thing is when I saw the original storyline, the title of No Fear. I was like, oh my God, wait, is this, because I've only read, I think, the first issue or two. I'm like, I'm so far behind, much like Eddie has his no, no, inordinate no, amount. No, leagues behind, just like the Oof. number of years between us in age. That is true. <laughs> Way behind. I am su- superior, Mr. Old School. But I don't know if he does, but does Man-Thing show up in that? Because I feel like that would be the perfect story for the man without fear versus whatever burn, or no sphere burns the Man-Thing's touch. That would no, be a perfect no Man-Thing in this, in this arc, at least. Yet. Yet. Leave that open. That's right. Yeah. I mean, going back to you looking at those wizard mags, you know, that was that was me, if not these two guys, because we have John Sherburn here also, hashtag, to see all the <laughs> pictures that were hanging on every, near everybody's desk in the hallway. And then, of course, the, the, the reading section at the front entrance at the receptionist desk area, That it's just, it's just comic books. I'm like, why didn't I think of this? Or something just to <laughs> casually have however many issues of whatever. I guess it's more or less what's current that's that's up there. Yeah, I don't. I I don't hit our receptionist area too often, so I haven't seen what's in there. Uh, I hope they keep it relatively current. I saw Shatterstar, so all right, so a few it's six, six months or so out. And I don't know what um, issue, but I saw Mister and Mrs. X. Mm-hmm. That just ended like a month and a half, two months mm-hmm. ago. Okay. Peter's my up to date connection, my current connection. I can yeah. kind of delve back, but and just thousands to to really catch up with. So. It's always fun. Forgive me. It's always fun talking to him about the storylines he hasn't read. He just read Infinity Gauntlet for the first time a few months ago. Wow. Sorry to throw you under the bus, Eddie. Well, there's many more buses to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Those arms in in shape. (laughs) I remember picking up Infinity Gauntlet number six and X Men number three from the corner store spinner rack, Mm -hmm. like a five and 10 that had, you know, just a spinner rack full of comics. Those two just grabbed me. And I, w- I had been reading comics, you know, as a kid, but I was 10 years old and that was like, that was, those were like the ones that solidified it so for me. So if I heard you right, that's about your starting point when you were about 10? No, starting point, I remember probably about, I have, com- I remember reading comics at um, day camp, reading Punisher Wars, uh, War Journal with <laughs> Punisher versus Wolverine, the Jungle Saga or whatever it's called. Like issue six, seven, eight, somewhere in there. Jim Lee, Carl Potts, very violent. <laughs> Should not have been reading it. What are you doing with that? Yeah, I don't. Exactly. I have no. I honestly don't know how I got. It was them. a thirteen-year-old in the camp that had it. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, they, they they were mine. I don't know where they got them. It was that and um, Avengers West Coast, where the it's the John Byrne uh, story. Uh, Wanda's on the cover, and she's got the the team. They're falling from her hand. Mm-hmm. I very distinctly remember reading those at summer camp, and I had to been. Seven or eight. So, because that was about this time when I started, I think it was in when I was about 10 years old. Yeah. And coming to a realization of that and getting stuff off the spinner rack also. All right, let's try. I just bought a few different titles and just, yeah. that was my beginning. Yeah. In Marvel, especially. Totally. And for yeah. me, it was like Infinity Gauntlet number six and then trying to find those issues and then finding a comic book shop and then like diving in. And at that point, you know, the X books were starting to, it was like, you know, the, the um the reboot of all the X books at that time. Okay. A couple months later, image starts popping off. So like that's when I really started going weekly to get comics. So for myself, I was a child of McFarlane and Larson. Eddie is a burn victim and yourself, what were the you know, the creators, the artists that made you want to become a fan of this? Yeah, it was um definitely McFarlane, 
Larson, Bagley, Ramita Jr., um, Silvestri. Like, I bought in hard on Image when they launched. Um, But I also, you know, I read Spider-Man and X-Men mostly as a kid. I didn't really care about... I think I had two DC books as a kid. Um, One, and I only got them because they were in, like, a grab bag. And it was one, it was some Batman comic where he's on the cover unmasking and some ladies in a, in a bed, uh, like a hospital bed or something. Um, I, I did get caught up in the, all like the, the Michigas with, you know, Green Lantern and Superman dying and Batman's back being broken. But that was because Casada was drawing it. Yeah. You know, like ah. I, Joey, Joe's, Joe's art was so good, uh, is still so good. Um, but yeah, for me, it was mostly kind of character team driven stuff less i mean i loved the creators and i followed them but i was like i would read whatever x book what any what if comic i would read because i like the variety of stories and the just i guess i was a weird kid because i love apocalyptic everybody dies endings and stories and those kinds of things my favorite moment in a comic shop ever was when you guys were doing the re-releases for uh, True Believers of What Ifs. Somebody walks by and says, what if Phoenix hadn't died? Well, she'd be alive. And then he just walks away. I'm like, that's my kind of person. That I respect. But I feel like the what ifs eventually became when ifs, which I realize is not grammatically correct. I digress. But like Jane Foster eventually sure. got it. Uh Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four, Yeah, technically, FF. Eh. But Agents of Atlas, like the Avengers of the 50s. I mean, there's so many mm. of those things that come back. There's great. There's a really great Conan Wolverine what if that I loved as a kid where Wolverine cuts off Conan's hand and then he takes it and he buries it in like burning coals to cauterize the wound and then keeps fighting and then they get stuck in each other's times. That's a badass issue. Wow. I love that. I'm just... I'm just curious, when is Aunt May going to become a Herald of Galactus? <laughs> Fingers crossed. One day. That's just out there. I'm sorry. You talk wild, those two things. The Conan Wolverine thing, which I don't even know when that was. That was um, probably 89, 90, somewhere around there. I think it's issue to within the first like 20 issues of What If, All right, volume so two. It's back there in my stuff to do. It, definitely, because I have both of those runs. And uh, yeah, that that being now in the proposed slate of new Phase Four films, a what if thing? Uh, yeah, the heck, sh- you know, show animation. for Disney Plus. Would have even thought right that it would be somewhere in this. Well, that's confusing to me as it is because you've got <laughs> ten projects. What five are actually films and five are not? So that was when I actually going to a question I had for you was that you've got these projects lined up or the ones that might filter themselves in as you're working on something else. So how do you manage? I mean, I know it's a time management thing and prioritize and do you usually have so many number of things that you're working on simultaneously um how does part of the workday unfold for you i guess is what i'm asking um i mean i I support all the lines of business for marvel so my my sort of main core things are the shows that i'm on so this week in marvel marvel's pull list marvel live some of our video game stuff or some idea show like these things and then sort of drilling down there, what do we need to do? What, what are we talking about? For this week in Marvel, it is, hey, we're excited about everything at Marvel. Here's a little sampling of what's happening this week. Um, and so for there, there's like, um, but yeah, by the time we're recording this, the news about the Runaways Cloak and Dagger crossover, 
has come out. So that's a, a big thing that we talk about. Death's Head number one came out this week. And so it was just an opportunity for me to tell people why Death's Head is an awesome character. So I did a whole section on, on the show on Death's Head. Um, but also Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame came out on um, digital this week. So I was able to talk about some of the special features and things like that, uh, like the stuff that I did to support the film. So it's just balancing based on the needs of my shows and then sort of looking past that um, to think about, okay, in eight months, a year, 16 months, this is happening. What do we need to be doing now to to help that, to support that, Mm -hmm. to plan about that? Like we're having conversations about TV shows and what we're doing, getting on set and doing interviews and and doing stuff with them um, now. I guess it comes down to a simple answer, but I'm going to ask it because... You know, some things that are right in front of you are not visible, but something like Cloak and Dagger, first season, how do you get it? You can't get it, I don't think, on, on regular DVD that, TV. I've, that I've encountered. It's on, it's on Freeform, Eddie. The Freeform app. Um, Got to go through that way. Um, I th- it may be on Hulu now I, or Netflix. Usually there's deals where, you know, after a certain amount of time, they go in, in to other streaming services. Uh, yeah. But usually, yeah, it's the Freeform app. If you have cable... You generally have access. You just log in and you have access to the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. See, that's now part of the newer technology that you know has left me behind. Now how do you whatever. get this iTunes? <laughs> yes. It's yeah, yeah. You could buy buy episodes. Yeah. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. DVDs. I mean, it's just it's tough because not as many people are buying them. That's yeah. Yeah. But one of the things about this week in Marvel that I'm really appreciating is the fact you guys have the book club, the reading club. And you guys got me back into reading the Chris Claremont run of the X-Men. So I'm going from the beginning and I have an unlimited account, but I still buy in Comixology. So I'm like having my backup just in case, like, I don't know, but I'm going through that. And how many people will like respond back to you guys? Like, yeah, you guys made me fall down the rabbit hole now. Now I'm even going further. It varies. You know, it's, we, we only get to read a couple comments every episode just cause for, we're trying to keep things kind of short. Um, but yeah, I'll get messages. It's wild because I'll get messages from people who are starting with episode number one of the show. Like, that's a terrible idea. We had terrible production. We didn't know what we were doing. We It took us a long time to refine it. Um, but they'll be like, oh, I read about this and started getting into this. And that's sort of the point of why I like to do all this is I have a lot of knowledge and passion about Marvel and I want to share it with people. Like Death's Head, for example, I... The new book is so good, and Death's Head is so weird, and most people have no idea who this character is. It's like, if I can get people to read, there's a, um, it is Death's Head number 10, which is on Marvel Unlimited. It's the only issue of that run, but it's Simon Furman and Brian Hitch giving you Iron Man 2020, Arno Stark, versus the original Death's Head. It is beautiful, it is weird, it is dark, it is funny, and like, if I can get 100 people to read that book... Then I'm I'm happy. Well, does Death's Head, what's coming out now, go back and continue the same traits as this character? Because I'm in the process of collecting and just randomly finding it says it was I guess because it was what Marvel UK yeah and you know crossed over there. But of course, what catches my attention is oh, there's X Men, there's Avengers on the cover of these things, and it's Death's Head. Who is it? Death's Head two, incomplete Death's Head. Um, yeah. So they either all tie together or they're separate titles that you you know just somehow piece together and read. Um, so it's it's I guess the character is the same, essentially his characteristics. Death's Head itself is just this robot, you know, bounty hunter who can tra- travel dimensions and time. So can be like the fun thing is 
Death's Head was in Transformers comics. Death's Head was in Doctor Who comics. Death's Head uh, had a bounty out on, I think, She-Hulk. The Fantastic Four uh, shows up and fights um, Superior Spider-Man a couple years back. I'm getting Shades of Deadpool in here now, like getting into everybody else's stuff. Did he show up but in well the well w- before. You know, right, like, exactly. You know? How great would it have been if he showed up in the WCW comic and had a bounty on Captain Mike Rotunda? Oh my or gosh, Rotundo. that would great. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, just to quickly come back on that, it, it touches on some of Death's Head 2 stuff, Death's Head 3.0, um, but it is the, like, the fan favorite is the original Death's Head, and that is the focus point, and then there's something in this new series, which is something new. Gotta be. Gotta have it. And with Ew. a character like Death's Head, you want to see Death's Head become like kind of like a household name, I imagine, yeah. as a hardcore fan. And characters like Moon Knight, who were like underground favorites for so long, now we're you know hearing rumor and innuendo about, uh, what's his name, Keanu Reeves, maybe one day playing him or something. We're seeing characters like that become uh, names now. Who do you think is going to be the next underground favorite that slowly rises up and becomes something? You know, it, it's weird because I've been at Marvel for two, since 2006 and we, the, those of us in this room and many of us in this building are like, yeah, Iron Man. And everybody else in the world now is like, yeah, Iron Man. But in 2006, people, yeah. people, Iron Man had a cartoon and he was part of the Avengers, but he's probably, he probably would be on the same level, maybe a little you know, more popular than some of like the new characters we that Marvel Studios announced. The character, like, the animated version though, did have a sweet mullet. You got to admit that. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, but you know, I, I think any of the characters that are getting TV shows and films have that opportunity to break out and be, you know, in ten years' time, someone's like, yeah, of course Shang Chi is is awesome. And like, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, go read, you know, go check out Paul Galisi's artwork in, you know, the seventies, and you'll see why he was awesome back then. There's a, we did it on Twim URC, I think, about like this storyline with the cat, which is some of the coolest artwork of the seventies. And now this is happening. I I'm excited. I think people are gonna freak out for that or the Eternals. Like, I'm a huge Kirby nut. I got to talk to Neil Kirby, Jack's son. Uh, at the premiere for uh, Endgame, and I was just like, "Oh, we didn't even get to talk about the Eternals." He's like, "I love the Eternals." He's like, "I, I love Arishem." He's like, "Arishem is my favorite." <laughs> it was like, "This is what I can't wait for." For people to come to me like, "I really love the Celestials," and "Oh man, Icarus is neat," and you know all this other like these conversations to have in five, ten years when people get exposed to all these characters. It's wild that there's a lot of characters that you know, like ten years ago, I had no idea who Star Lord was. Yeah, I have a Star Lord tattoo. With this helmet, because also hashtag Star Lord did nothing wrong. But I digress. Eddie, you keep going there. Uh, um, <laughs> I think we're tapped on Ryan. Um, unless there's something else that we haven't touched on, we can't talk about what's coming up because there's a lot, and you can only say so much. Yeah, I and, have uh, too many things that I can't say. Exactly right. Right. We are very, very happy and honored that uh, we could make it down to the Marvel Studios here um, in New York City. It's a first. I never once thought growing up reading comics in the seventies. And always seeing, of course, certain artists, names, writers, et cetera, and the address of what, 575 Park Avenue South. And one day, coming to me, I'm like, oh, I saw some, that's Park Avenue. I wonder where they are. But that's as far as it went. Yeah. And, and that was it. And yeah, then, we move offices. You yeah, know, yeah. So that's and you, you guys came in the building. We don't advertise that we're Marvel here because just you got to get work done. Yeah. yeah. And before we go, 
with this week in Marvel, you guys have a current challenge going on in honor of the 80th anniversary of Marvel. And we wanted to end up putting our hats into the ring, throwing our hats in the ring. I like this. So I'm pulling up my counter app that I'm we use at, uh, at Comic-Con to, uh, to count and I'll get a timer going because uh, it's 60 seconds. My, the idea that I had behind this was, okay, it, we're celebrating our 80th anniversary. I think there's someone out there who can name 80 Marvel characters in 60 seconds. That's, that's, the, that's the general baseline challenge. Um, 60 seconds, I think, is definitely, I know is definitely doable. Uh, but play off it there. Uh, one of our co-hosts on This Week in Marvel is James Monroe Iglehart. He's on Broadway right now in Hamilton. He was the genie in Aladdin. He has some comics written for us and stuff like that. But he did 92. Um, I heard he is, that. Uh, he is a professional singer, rapper, performer, and he knows his stuff. So, like, he set the bar too high. Wait, wait, wait. Rapper and knows his stuff, done. Yeah. And he was the genie. So with the boada da, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so... That would that that's that's the impossible dream. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think CB Sabolsky, Marvel Comics editor in chief, hit forty six. Um, I did fifty five. The best we had from a fan in the room was forty four, forty five uh, at Comic Con. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely doable. And we also want to incorporate our audio engineer, even though he is a fan of the distinguished competition. I kind of want to see what happens. You get <laughs> negative points if you name one of theirs. <laughs> Wow, um, that could just go so far south so fast. <laughs> make uh, me look good because I might get 20. I don't know. I believe in you, Eddie. You believe in me? It's all right. We, we had uh, Jeremy Whitley tried to cheat. Uh, he got about 25. Um, Jody Hauser had somewhere, she was in the 30s or 40s, I think. Um, Gail Simone uh, did somewhere in the 20s. So it's fine. She writes the characters. She's, she was just having fun. She just kept naming Deadpool. Deadpool, Deadpool, Deadpool. All right. That's just, that just Who wants to go first? One. I'll go first. You may, yeah. All right. Three, two, go. Moon Knight, Star Lord, Rocket, Raccoon, Drax, Gamora, Warlock, Adam Warlock, because we got the cyborg one. Let's see what else. Hellcow, Dr. Bong, Howard the Duck, Beverly Switzer, Switzler. Anyway, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones. Wilson Fisk, the Punisher, because I'm not in the Defenders room. Uh, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, Colossus, Kitty Pride, Storm, Cyclops, Jean Grey, uh, Mastermind, uh, uh, Man Thing. Oh boy, oh boy. Ronan, Thanos. Uh, Iron Man, Captain America, Pepper Potts, Spider Man, J. Jonah Jameson, Scorpion, Electro. Because uh, on the spot, it's rough. Time's up. Uh, 35. Damn. So, the thing that I find, having watched a lot of people do this, they either get tripped up at the 30 second mark or at the 30 character mark. Nice. Um, you wow. got tripped up at the 30 second mark. Uh, and I just, you know, it's just something I noticed. Um, people will go, go, go. The trick is to uh, essentially just find a, a, a device that gets you, you know, from a character connection to a team to another character connection. Um, 
Now my warlocks were the two were the two different ones because I went with the cybernetic one and Adam no, I know, but then you know you warlock, then you could have done cipher, Denny Moonstar, uh, Cannonball, uh, Cable, Domino. You know, like you you start going through. If you just go through X Men, New Mutants, X Force, like yeah, you, you have like a thousand. <laughs> yeah, you can you can go pretty far. All right, so so we're just naming individual characters regardless of their affili- affiliation, but their which yeah. side they're on. Yeah, it's just as as simple. Exactly right. Just the the challenge is more challenging than it seems just because your brain starts tripping you up because you start overthinking it. Yeah. No, definitely more challenging and with, with more sleep it probably would have been more helpful for me. I believe in you, Eddie. Yeah. All right, you ready? I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, go. Ant-Man, Abomination, Blizzard, um, Blastar, Constrictor, Daredevil, Domino, Cable, Spider-Man, Dr. Octopus, Electro, Zax, Iron Fist, Iron Man, Iron Patriot, Happy Hogan, Foggy Nelson, Karen Price, Power Man, Punisher, Eel, Hulk, Bruce Banner, Thaddeus Ross, Hulk Buster, Scorpion, Vulture, Sandman, Office Building, <laughs> Kingpin, um, Jessica Jones, Stumble Spot, and yeah. stop. Okay, thirty. You hit you hit the thirty second wall. And you were you were great. I was actually hoping you were going to go alphabetically, because when you when it you hit Daredevil, I was like eel eel like eel, you know, because you single syllable simple. If you're going to go alphabetically, which is another tactic I thought about as I was putting this together, my Did tactic you, was to go into the official handbook of the Marvel Universe and yeah. start flipping, flipping, oh, flipping. I, I, when you hit Zach, so I was like, I see what you did. Did you notice the flow he did with Iron Man, Iron Fist? I'm like, ooh, I yeah, like this. Is, yes, I was a, going to also to do. do all my doctors. Yep. Yeah. All right, now, are you doing it or no? Now, before we go, let's here we go, John Sherburn. All right, you ready? Yep. Three, two, go. Spider-Man, Scorpion, Rhino, Iron Man, Abomination, Hulk, She-Hulk, um, Devil Dinosaur, um, uh, Sandman, Hydro-Man, uh, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Drax, Gamora, Thanos, uh, Star Lord, um, uh, Fantastic Four. Okay. Um, uh, oh, Fantastic Four counts as one. Okay, cool. That's fine. Um, uh, Elastic Girl, Mr. And Mrs. X, Beast, um, Cyclops, um. Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, um, Cable, uh, Deadpool, uh, Moon Knights. um, Time. 29. Not bad. 29, (laughs) yep. Uh, You hit the 30-second wall as well. There you go. So now before we go, Ryan, an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having us here. And we thank you for having yourself on here uh, however that went <laughs> uh thank you guys y'all can find me uh at agent m on twitter and instagram you can find this week in marvel marvel's the pull list wherever you get your audio so before we go for the marvelists i'm peter melnick and i'm eddie wilson i'm john sherburn oh and i'm ryan panagos
Excelsior.